Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. What's going on, guys? Another fun week of being quarantined, right? Yeah, Yeah. nothing better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought I would enjoy being at home for like two weeks, but no. No? No. I was uh, talking to Piper, whose school is uh, canceled for the rest of the year. And uh, she said she didn't realize how much she liked going to school because she wasn't at home that much. Yeah. Is she doing online learning? Um, They do like a two-hour block. They're not doing like... It didn't sound like she said that they were doing anything new. She said it was more of like a recap mm. of stuff she already knew. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. So, well, this week, um, again, we uh, all are doing different books. Um, we're doing characters that start with the letter B. And also carrying on Aqua-based comic book characters for the month of April. So who wants to go first? I can. All right, cool. All right. So for my Aqua-based character, I did Super Friends. And I've got um, Zane, who can turn into water-based products. And in the particular issue I picked, it also has the Little Mermaid in it. So there you go. The not Little the Mermaid? One. It's not the Disney one. Oh. It, it looks like uh, Carrie from that futuristic Robin, or the, the Robin from Batman Dark Knight, the futuristic one, the Car- one named Carrie or whatever, with a fish tail is what she looks like. Okay. <laughs> so, um, it's actually continuing on the story of where Zane and Gina uh, come down, and the Super Friends are talking with them, and they're trying to collect all these crystals to save their planet. And uh, they kind of break up, the teams break up a little bit to go find these uh, items. And. So, like, Green Arrow teams up with, like, Tasmanian Devil. And uh, Aquaman teams up with the Little Mermaid. Um, You know, Wonder Woman teams up with some guy that kind of looks like a Greek god of some sort. It's just all character team-ups. 
and they're going to go get these items that the twins need to save their planet. And then there's a big all out brawl at the end of it. It's just like reading the cartoon. If you ever watched the super friends when, you know, way back when it's just a comic based on that. It was a lot of fun. Um, I've got the trade of it and it wasn't too 15 bucks. I mean, it is a fun read. Definitely worth checking out. Um, Marvin and Wendy are in it too. So, I mean, you always got that going on and you just look at it and you kind of start picturing the, some of the toys that they had for the super friends. And, um, you know, it's a good, uh, reminiscing type book to go with. Um, and then with my B character, I went with black Panther 2099. Okay. Um, this one came out a while back. Uh, I want to say, let's see, early 2000s, it's 2004. Uh, they came out with like one shots of 2099. They did like another Punisher 2099 and Mutant X or something like that. And um, So obviously with it being 2099, um, the original Black Panther is no longer alive. And the opening scene shows a Dr. Doom being on this machine and a second Dr. Doom named Lucian comes in and the one that's hooked up to the machine's like, yes, it's time, kill me. And so Lucian kills him. He comes out. Well, all of Doom's people in the castle don't realize it is a different Dr. Doom. So that's kind of how they're continuing the legacy after one of them gets old. A Doombot takes over for the next Doom, but they never show that they took over for the previous Doom. They just continue carrying on the tradition. Um, and so Doom decides he's going to go take over Wakanda. And <clears throat> there is a... Uh, Wakanda sitting there coming, uh, doing a battle. Uh, his name's Kashamba. Um, he's doing a battle. It, it turns out to be a dream. He has to go to a council meeting. So he goes to the council meeting and the doom bots come and start taking over. Well, the council basically says, forget it. We're not going to get out of this alive, sign our lives away. And, uh, Kashamba, <clears throat> goes and finds his wife and like, let's go. And he joins up with the freedom fighters and they start fighting back on the dooms, doom bots. And, uh, at one point he's like, we really need to be able to rally the troops. We just can't keep going like this. And one of the guys on the freedom fighters is like, I know what exactly you need to do. So he gave him the black Panther costume to put on. He puts it on he rallies the two troops. He manages to help push Doom out of Wakanda. And at the very end of it, um, Doom's like, we didn't really fully um, get to keep Wakanda, but I still have a resource in Wakanda. And you find out that Kashamba was actually programmed by Doom and is one of the 
Doom bot characters that's completely unmasked and nobody realizes it's him. And that's how they leave it off. So, yeah. That's what I got. Nice. You want me to go next, Nick? Sure, go ahead. Alright, so for my Aqua-based character, I did uh, one of my favorites, which is Namorita. Uh, the first the book I picked was The New Warriors number one. I almost did that one. <laughs> so, um, it starts out with, uh, I can't ever remember his name, the, the leader of the New Night Warriors. Thrasher. Night Thrasher. Holding uh, Richard Ryder over the side of a building and he throws him off. And um, he gets his powers back to be in Nova. He gets pissed at Night Thrasher because he could have killed him. And he's like, yeah, maybe, but I didn't, you know. And it goes through Marvel Boy trying to become an Avenger. And uh, then you skip to there's a um, environmental crisis where three children have developed cancer over the past year. And a group of um, students from the environmental science department of Empire State University shows up and Namorita's in that crowd and she's asking questions and that goes into just explaining um, the equipment and the guy's writ, how Night Thrasher's rich and it's just all your basic number one stuff. Um, they uh, trick Firestar into coming to help them, which is kind of a dick move because all they had to do was ask. But they decided that she, um, they were like, we know who you are. Meet us here. And ship crashes at the environmental site and Terex has returned. And, of course, Namorita being Namorita had to start fighting um, Terax. And the person who Terax was had asked Namorita out on a date. And Namorita's just bantering with them. I guess we're not going out on that date now. And um, she's fighting him. And the new warriors show up, and they defeat Terax, and the the Avengers take over. And there was a funny part where uh, Nova's like move aside, um, babe, to Namorita, and Namorita's like, babe, who are you calling babe? And I thought that was pretty funny. Um. And then they decide to call themselves the Night, the New Warriors. So, New Warriors has always been one of my favorite um, groups. It's sad that they can't ever get a nice reboot. They seem to do it 
and then it just falls apart after like 10 issues or something like that. Um, and then for my letter B character, I chose the beast and I went with his 1985 four part mini series. They did a lot of these four part mini series back in the mid eighties. You know, yeah, they tried to get press or they tried to get those characters out there a little bit more and hopefully getting people interested that so they turn around and buy the books that they're tied into. Yeah. At this point, the Beast isn't part of the Avengers or X-Men. He's part of the Defenders. And the book starts out with Doctor Doom. And it talks about his child coming of age and then it skips to beast it has no tie-in whatsoever the beast is in hollywood i'm sure it ties in later issues i'm gonna have to read the later issues um he shows up in hollywood um possibly to get a uh a job as an actor um he sees a sign that says Boycott Mutants and Dazzler has recently been outed as a mutant. So now she's persona non grata in the music and acting world. And for some reason, the beast doesn't know why, but he feels like he needs to help Dazzler and Dazzler falls in with a wrong group and signs her life away and it's basically just the story this book is just her the beast trying to help dazzler and yeah that's pretty much all that happened in that book is the whole book was him trying to help dazzler um it was pretty good um i'm gonna have to pick up two three and four on when uh when I get paid on Wednesday cuz uh I want to see how this plays out but I recommend both books they're both really good the only thing that scared me was Bill Sankowitz was the uh it said one of the uh artists was Bill Sankowitz and I was like oh no and <laughs> he, he only he only did the cover so it was okay <laughs> So that's what I got for that. You ready, Nick? Yep. Okay. Okay, so I did, for my aquatic character, I found a trade paperback from Dark Horse Comics from 1991 of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Nice. nice. With art by Art Adams. And I, he's one of my favorite, he's probably my favorite universal monster. Just because of what the guy had to endure while being underwater and filming. And just the effects that they got from this movie. The, the book is pretty much word for word the movie. Like, he's got everything in here. 
it's a pretty short read. I mean, it's a really small graphic novel. Um, at this time, Universal and Dark Horse were doing, uh, I think they did a Frankenstein, and I think they did a Dracula, and maybe a Mummy. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. But I remember this one because of the Art Adams artwork. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'd recommend going to see it. You mean it's it was on a couple days ago on AMC. Um, yeah. So there's that. <coughs> and for my character that starts with a B, I picked Baron Blood from Marvel. Nice. Um, Baron Blood first appeared in The Avengers number seven, or The Invaders number seven, a long time ago. Um, his name is D Lord John Fallsworth, and he is the brother of the original Union Jack. Um, uh, the guy who became Union Jack, Lord Fallsworth, got the estate and all the money, and his brother John got basically nothing. And he left and went traveling, and he got bit by Dracula. And came back and fought during World War One and World War Two as a vampire. And this is Captain America two fifty three and two fifty four from nineteen eighty, where Cap gets a message from Lord Fallsworth that there is a there's a serial killer draining blood and ripping out throats in England. And he believes that it's his brother is back, even though he's supposed to be dead. So Cap goes over, of course, and he has no problems going through customs because all he has to do is show them his Avengers ID and they let him through. <laughs> That's how it works. Yep. And he's taking he's taking a Concord. So, you know, Cap's got some money. Yep. Even though he's a freelance artist in this. And he gets to Fallsworth Manor, and he runs into a woman named Jacqueline, and Jacqueline is Spitfire. And Spitfire got her powers from the original Human Torch, from a blood transfusion. So she was a speedster. Um, she gave birth to a kid named... Uh, where is it? Um, Kenneth. Kenneth Crichton. And he is Lord Fallsworth's grandson. His dad was Union Jack the Second, and Lord Fallsworth is in his like eighties, right? So he's in a wheelchair. He's really decayed. He can't do anything. And they come up with this idea to trap Baron Blood that they will fake a heart attack while Fallsworth is dressed like Union Jack, and Baron Blood falls for it. He comes in the house. He tries to bite his brother, and it ends up being a younger person inside the suit who helps Captain America defeat him. And you're thinking, okay, is this Kenneth? No, this is Joey. Joey is a friend in art school of Kenneth, who eventually Joey becomes Union Jack the Third. Hmm. So he's not a Fallsworth. He's just a guy that was there who knows how to fight, who takes over the suit, because Kenneth is like kind of like, you know... You were always the the fighter. I'm more like the thinker. 
And this is the issue where Captain America decapitates Baron Blood with the shield. What? Like he, gets him pinned on the, he gets him pinned on the ground. He's In his brain, he's thinking, like, the only way to kill a vampire is to separate its head and then bury its body and put a stake in it and burn it. And you have to keep the head separate. So, yeah, it just in a shadow, they just show him, like, holding the shield up and then coming down, and then there's a head. Yeah, it's gross, but it's awesome. Oh, my God. It's so great. Um, yeah, you go out, find these. These are great. This is a great story. It's really long, and it, but it's only two issues. It took... And I'm not going to say it was too wordy, because this needed it. This needed all the words. It needed everything. It needed all the setup, all the characters, all the explanation. Because if you haven't read Invaders and you don't know who Union Jack is, you don't know who Baron Blood is, this fills you in completely. It gives everybody's origin. It, uh, it's, yeah, this was the best run of Captain America at the, that I collected all the time. The one by Roger Stern and John Byrne, that was the best Captain America run. Okay. And this one has to be one of my favorite story arcs of that run. All right. Nice. That's all I got. Awesome. Gonna have to go out and find some barren blood, I guess. See Cap go all vampire hunter on him. Yeah. <laughs> he takes his head right off. So do we have a D-lister this week, Ryan? No, because with us going so loosey-goosey with some of the titles, yep. we're hitting D-listers. That's what I figured. All right. So now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, the Random Read. All right. I'll go first. I've got two this week. The first one I did, I don't know. I don't remember if I reviewed this or not, but I picked up this past Christmas. Jim Cornette presents Behind the Curtain. Real Pro Wrestling Stories. And it's written by Jim Cornette and published by IDW. And um, it's really cool because it tells uh, it tells the story of Sputman, Sputnik Monroe who's a pretty famous wrestler from the 50s. And then it goes into the original Sheik in Detroit. And then my favorite uh, wrestling feud of all time, Jerry the King Waller and Andy Kaufman. And it's just, if you ever get the chance, try to find it on YouTube or something. Um, it, uh, it it makes you really think that these two guys hated each other. The way it was it was presented, and uh, they didn't the you couldn't tell if you were being worked or not. That's how good these two guys were at keeping it. Um, keeping it uh under wraps. Then then it moves into um. The plane crash that um, Ric Flair was in, where he broke his back, and he uh, 
talks about his recovery and how he returned to the ring after six months of being out. Um, I didn't know. I'm a big wrestling historian. I love wrestling. Um, if you didn't know that by now, (laughs) um, I highly recommend you go out and these are hard to find, but you can find them on his website and he'll also personally autograph it for you. All you have to do is put in what you want, want it autographed for. Um, I highly recommend it if you're a wrestling fan and you're a fan of wrestling history. It's a pretty good book. The next one I picked up was the New Mutants um, trade. Um, covered issues 1, 2, 3, and 4. I know I reviewed issue 1, um, but 2, 3, and 4 continue. They're going, they're going to um, Shi'ar space to try to save Sam. Because they think they need to bring Sam back to Earth. Because they don't think he's happy. And um, it's just the the adventures of that. And they get conscripted to uh, bring Lady Death, Deathbird back to be the regent for Xandra. Who is the heir to the Shi'ar throne. And it shows uh, Sunspot hitting on Lady Deathbird, and she reciprocates with him. And at the end, he decides, Sam says, you know, you could stay here. You just can't stay in my apartment because my wife will kill you. His wife is Smasher of the Praetorian Guard, the Imperial Guard. And... Um, he's like, yeah, that's why I bought the building and let her know that rent's going up and those are just friend prices, what I'm going to give her. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but Jonathan Hickman is knocking it out of the park with the X-Men and with the new mutants. I decided I'm only going to do the trades of the New Mutants because I just can't afford to collect all the X-Books and keep track. Um, But I highly recommend getting Jonathan Hickman's New Mutants. That's what I got this week. Cool. Nick, you want to go? Sure. All right, so I... Picked up the Man Wolf Complete Collection from Marvel, and when I when I got it home, I was like, "Oh man, I just spent forty bucks on this, and it doesn't have the story that I wanted in it. And all it has is like the team ups against Spider Man." And then, you know, I was like, got into it a little bit more, and I'm like, "Oh my God, there it is! You know, the Marvel premiere number forty five, where he goes to that weird planet and becomes a D and D adventure, which I like." The first part, first half of this book, is pretty boring. If you've read Werewolf by Night, you've read Manwolf. Same thing. Guy's crazy, runs around town as a werewolf, doesn't kill anybody for some weird reason. Because it's Marvel in the 80s or the 70s. 
but um, for nostalgia purposes, I'm not sure that this was worth 40 bucks. Um, <laughs> save your money. Don't buy it new. <laughs> buy it used. I bought it new because I was going, I wanted to help a shop, you know, because the Corona thing going on right now, shops are hurting. So I spent 40 bucks on a book that, in my opinion, not that great. But it's a nice little trip down memory lane. If you've never read Manwolf, I would, like we did on our one episode, definitely give it a shot. You might like it. Or just pick up some Werewolf by Night. It's the same thing. And then I did Ryan, one of Ryan's favorites. I wanted to read something different because I've just been reading superhero stuff. And I wanted to read something from the 90s that I haven't read in a long time. So I found the whole run of the 1990 Demon series from Alan Grant. Yes, it's Etrigan, but it's Alan Grant. And Alan Grant did the Bogeyman, which nice, I love. Yeah, right. He co-created Anarchy, Victor Zaz, the Ventriloquist. He did Batman. He did Judge Dredd. He's done a ton of stuff, and most of his stuff I really like. And he's got this crazy dry sense of humor, which makes him the perfect author for the demon. This series is tongue-in-cheek, but it's dry. Like, if you're not seeing this as a comedy, you're, you're reading it wrong. Because, yeah, this, this book is crazy. Um, Jason Blood finds himself in hell, and he's still possessed by Etrigan. And Etrigan can come out when Jason falls asleep. And... Etrigan has a, an idea of taking over hell, but he has to go meet his mother to create an army. And he's never met his mother. And there's some crazy crap in this book. And it, yes, he rhymes. But <laughs> when, when you think about the writing chops that Alan Grant has to do all of that potameter, and not making it hokey, but actually telling a story through it. He is so talented that this book, even if you don't like the demon very much, I think you might actually like this because it's just a crazy, crazy adventure. It's really fun. And if you can get past the rhyming, I would definitely give it a shot. Cool. All right. So what you got? That's it. All right. Hold on one second. No, now. I've got a short box full here. Hold on. No, I'm kidding. Come on. <laughs> let's go. Come on. All right. Okay. So um, first one I did was Ewoks by uh, Marvel Star Comics. Um, issue one. From 85. And it focuses on Tebow, Wicket, 
and the princess Nisa. And, uh, you know, you got uh, Logre in it and the chief and so forth and so on. It's just cheesy kids, Ewok. If you like the Ewoks, you'll probably like this. Thing is, they aren't all that cheap. Um, I think for this one, it's kind of banged up a little bit. I paid 10 for the first issue. And I know some of them are going even higher than that. But they're fun, cute little runs, so maybe worth checking out for you. Um, then I did Final Night, issue one. Um, I forgot the storyline on this. I, I I forgot the points of it, I should say. I remember the storyline. Um, and this is by Carl Kessel and Stuart Eminemann. And this was from 96. And the premise is that a sun eater is coming and going to destroy the sun of Earth. And how does everybody handle the situation? And obviously it's a problem for Superman because his powers are relying on the yellow sun. And uh, somebody, an alien stops and kind of explains to him that, uh, explains to Legion, I should say, that uh, the Sun Eater's coming. They've got a little bit of time to figure out how to get away from Earth and save themselves. And they all elect to stay around to try to keep the sun lit. And uh, the Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle is, uh, gets thrown in. They're like, oh, he'll help us figure out a way to take care of this. And in the meantime, all the light-powered characters, Ultra Boy, Ray, Firestorm, um, Fire, anyone else that generates heat or light is sent into space to uh, try to keep the sun lit as well and uh so it's issue one obviously it's just the beginning of the chaos uh there is a really cool page where it shows um all those characters i just listed plus alan scott and kyle rayner firing at the sun to help kind of try to keep that heat going and um yeah this is not an expensive series. It was a fun little four-issue series. It did cross over into every DC book, but it was like how Batman handled that one issue, or how did Green Lantern handle that one issue, or Superman. So you didn't need to read all those issues to get the point with just the little miniseries. Uh, so that makes it a lot, or well worth it in my mind. Is It's a standalone. You don't necessarily have to read all the other pieces to understand it. And then, um, don't worry, guys, only two more. <laughs> <clears throat> then I wasn't sure if what Nick was going to do for B. So I'm like, okay, or if you were going to even take Black Panther, Kirk. So I'm like, okay, well, if one of you takes Black Panther, I got a backup plan here. And then I thought, well, maybe Nick was going to take Black Knight. He didn't, yeah. so I'm going to review it. <laughs> So this Black Knight series that I've got is actually issue one from 2016, um, 
where he is the protector of Weird World. And um, he's got an army that stands with him. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes back into his past on how he can't believe that he was an Avenger. And he fought all these horrible villains. And uh, now he's trying to protect Weird World. And they run across a German sub. And he takes some memorabilia from it. And this is my only connection to the real world anymore because I can't leave weird world. And, um, the ghost Piercy, the ghost original black Knight, came and started kind of mocking him about being a man and moving forward and fighting with honor. And on the last page of issue or for, for the issue one, he's like, uh, prepare the men. If my old friends are coming for me, you better believe I'm not going quietly. Well, the old friends he's referring to are the uncanny X-Men. So Quicksilver, Rogue, um, uh, the original Human Torch, um, Steve Rogers, Deadpool, those guys. And that's how it ends. So he's going to fight to stay in Weird World instead of getting pulled out of Weird World. Um, out of the ones I just reviewed up to this point, I'd say Final Knight's a definite. And Black Knight, if you're kind of into Black Knight character, it's a fun story, but it's not anything to write home about. Uh, But this next one, final one I got, is a trade called Ghost Tree uh, by Kernal and Gain. It's a book by IDW. And this book is amazing. Um, it is based on, I believe it's a Japanese, Japanese heritage, um, where, uh, it starts off a kid's playing out in the yard and his grandfather's like, um, looks over his shoulder and sees this creepy guy kind of staring at the kid. So he goes out into the woods and the kid starts following him. And the grandfather gets to this tree and goes, okay, when I die in 10 years, come back here and visit me. And the kid's like, okay, whatever. And 10 years passed and he comes back. Uh, He's having problems with his wife and he, he just left to come back and kind of get away from everything and just refocus and he stumbles across the tree and he runs across the ghost of his grandfather, completely forgetting that he was going to do this. And it's all about him building a relationship with his grandmother and his ex-girlfriend is a ghost. Now she passed away and how they're, how they, uh, how he kind of helps talk to these ghosts and figures out how to show. It's like ghost whisperer. If you remember that TV show, where he's helping guide them to move forward and get past being stuck here. And this book is just absolutely amazing. There's not any, not very much action, no superheroes. The story is just so pure and golden. I can't recommend this book enough. I can't believe it took me this long to read it. It was that good. 
definitely check it out. There's only 16 bucks, so it's not that bad. Nice. Is that all you got? Wasn't that enough? I, I have a few more, but I decided not to do them. All right. I was just wondering. Just wondering. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the list. We did top 10 A characters this week. So I'll start off. Number 10, Agent Brand. Number 9, Armadillo. Number 8, Adam Warlock. Number 7, Aurora. Number 6, Annihilus. Number five, Arcade. Number four, Apocalypse. Number three, Ant-Man. Number two, Aquaman. Number one, Archangel. Nice. Nick, you want to go? Sure. So I was editing last week or this this weekend, and I, yeah, that was a mess. Like, I, I could have sworn I did the entire silly thing. Then when they were like, yeah, you want to do it again? I'm like, why? So. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't do my top ten, but yeah, pretty much Aunt May. All right, so that was enough said. <laughs> so um, number ten, Adam Strange. Number nine, Agatha Harkness. Number eight, Agent Thirteen. Seven, Alfred E. Newman. Number six, Alicia Masters. Number five, Amazo. Four, Anarchy. Three, Ant Man. Two, Arcade. And one. Archangel. Wow. Nice. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see. Number 10, Aslis. Nine, Arsenal. Eight, Arisia Rarab. Uh, seven, Aquaman. Six, Adam. Five, Animal Man. Four, Azrael. Three, Access. Two, Ant Man. And number one from Event Comics, Ash. Nice. So, some difference. Nick and I had the same number one, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I couldn't put Warren Worthington on there. Because Angel is so boring. Yes, he was. When he became became Archangel, that was the best character revamp ever I had him on there as uh, Angel and then I had Archangel and I'm like you know Angel's kind of boring so I'm just going to take him off and I you know added Aurora yeah so yeah I agree best character revamp ever All right, anybody got news this week? Nope. No. Hey, I watched Star Wars. What do yeah. you think? Uh, that's like my top two Star Wars movie. Is that, it was really good, wasn't it? It's freaking amazing. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. It's a Star Wars movie. It can't. It's not going to be perfect, but it had a great story to it. Yes, it did. It, it, yeah, I mean, you guys kind of spoiled it for me, but I kind of guessed it anyway. You did. Other than Leia banging Palpatine. 
<laughs> you know, she had to rebound from Han. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really good. I liked it. I really want to watch it again, but trying to get my family to watch anything is like pulling teeth. So I'm gonna to have to find time to watch it myself. I also got to watch the entire thing of Castlevania Three, or the the series three. It's bloody. It's gory. It's crazy action it's got weird sex scenes in it you'll love it it's great check it out (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm sure Teresa will love that what are you watching oh i'm watching castle oh god what are they doing (laughs) okay so just like every time i fell asleep watching it and sonia's right there and she's like i thought you were going to watch castlevania and i fell asleep and there's a three-way of cartoons going on in the background. <laughs> like, huh. So, uh, yeah, I was asleep. Uh, I'm going to pause this part right here. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty funny. Nice. But of course, every time, every time she catches me watching something weird, like, I could be watching the most random crap, and it'll always be something perverted on there when she <laughs> comes up and watches it. Like, uh... I'm watching... Like one time I was at home and I was watching Absolutely Fabulous yes. and I went to the bathroom and my parents came home and they were like, what the hell were you watching? There was like a 60s hippie gangbang on TV and it was the flashback of when they were in the 60s and they were having swinger parties. Oh, <laughs> shit. And that's, <laughs> that's the part where my parents caught me watching something weird. But, you know, it always happens. There's always... You could be watching the most boring thing in the world you leave the room for five seconds your parents or somebody like your wife walks in somebody's topless or something and then what are you watching like oh i don't know let me go back to that (laughs) (laughs) no okay anything you got anything ryan no i just saw diamond is gonna start paying the companies a little bit but it's gonna you know they're divvying it out a little bit at a time but that's about it. Sure. All right, I got a trivia question for you. When did Green Lantern first create an energy construct? What issue? Oh. Are we talking Alan Scott, Green Lantern? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, this is according to an article I read this afternoon, so I'm not sure. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I remember it in the Green Lantern archives. I'm trying to remember what issue that was. Is all is all American? I have 20-something in my head, but I know it's not that long into it. I don't know. You don't know? Not off the top of my head. Oh, man, uh, you were you were close. It's All-American Comics number 23. Was it 23? Yeah, he makes, See, I, he, he makes a ring around the villains. See, and I started second-guessing myself because I was thinking, I was thinking of, I was thinking of Showcase 22, which was Hal's first appearance. That's 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to a little bit. I was going to be nerd if you had gotten it. I was going to be like nerd. <laughs> but you were going to be really impressed too. I was going to be really <laughs> impressed. Right. There's no way I couldn't be impressed with that. So, if uh, you got anything else, Nick? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, all right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's issue of It's Too Wordy. So, if you like what you hear, give us a like, you know, subscribe, leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing wrong, what you guys like what we're doing, you know, if you want us to cover something, just let us know. You can get a hold of us on our Discord, which will be in the show notes, or you can leave us a, you can follow us at it's at the It's Too Wordy One on Twitter. Um, what is it? The Haunted Log Podcast on Facebook. Um yeah, there's lots of ways for you guys to get a hold of us. So let us know what we, what you like, what you don't like. Okay. So have fun. Read more comics. Support your local comic book shops, guys. It's been Kirk, Ryan, and Nick. See you guys next week. Bye.